Hey guys, Pastor Josh Robinson from New Haven Church here. I just wanted to say thank you so much for tuning in to our most recent sermon from our Lord's Day gathering here at New Haven Church. We're praying that this content blesses you and finds you well as we enter into 2021. And we're praying that if it would bless you, that you would consider giving to the mission of our church by heading over to newhavenwv.com and giving there. Also, we are praying that this content would just be supplementary to your going and attending and, and being involved in the life of a local church in your region. And so, again, we just want to say thank you so much for tuning in. May God bless you and keep you. Good morning, church. You can go ahead and open your Bibles up this morning to Luke chapter 22. We're going to be looking at verses 39 through 46 together this morning. And as you go ahead and get turned there, I'll go ahead and read the text for us. And the Lord says through Luke, And he, Jesus, came out and went, and as was his habit, to the Mount of Olives. And the disciples also followed him. Now when he arrived at the place, he said to them, Pray that you do not come into temptation. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and began to pray, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. Now an angel from heaven appeared to him, strengthening him, and being in agony, he was praying very fervently, and his sweat became like drops of blood, falling down upon the ground. And when he rose from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping from sorrow. And he said to them, Why are you sleeping? Get up and pray that you do not come into temptation. And may God add a blessing to the reading of his word this morning. So this morning we're going to be learning more about a very familiar spiritual discipline, which is the spiritual discipline of prayer. And I think we shall see this morning that there's much about prayer that's going to be familiar to us. And I think that we're also going to see that there are probably are some elements about prayer that some of us may have never seen before. And so we're going to dive into those elements now. Now the first thing that I want you to observe is that prayer in the life of Jesus oftentimes was accompanied with withdrawal into silence. Now, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this point. We're going to talk more about silence and solitude in the coming weeks. But I want you to notice that for Jesus, this was an important aspect of prayer. In verses 39 through 41, we see that Jesus gets away from others by going to the Mount of Olives. And then he gets away, it says, about a stone's throw away from his disciples. And he does it so that he can be alone with his father. So now the second thing that we see in our text is that prayer isn't something that's just merely intellectual for Jesus. Right? Notice in the text that for Jesus, prayer is something that is embodied. It says in verse 41 that he knelt down. Right? That's not a throwaway detail, just as the withdrawal into prayer wasn't either. They're both very important elements that we probably rarely think about. Prayer is something that we do, not just with our minds, but also with our bodies. You see, in prayer, we are coming before the throne of God. And when we kneel, we are showing God worship and honor. Doug Wilson says it this way. He says, in Scripture, kneeling is a posture of humility before God. 
Standing is an indication of respect, the kind of respect that we want to show while reading God's word. And sitting is an appropriate posture for sitting at the Lord's table. We are kings and priests on the earth. This is where we take counsel together, and we want to lift holy hands together in doxological praise at the conclusion of the service. In short, we want to present our bodies to the Lord in worship, and we want to remind ourselves that we are doing so. This presentation of our bodies is part of our spiritual worship. Now, the third thing that we see in our text is that prayer isn't just intimate alone time with God. We also see that it's opportunity to actually be in communication with him and to bring our requests before him, right? And there's nothing selfish about that. I mean, think about it. Just as a father loves it when his children ask him for something, so our Heavenly Father loves it when we bring our requests to Him. Right? Jesus brings His requests before His Father in verse 42. And then He tells His disciples twice in the text to pray to God that they would not fall into temptation. So He teaches us to bring our requests to the Lord as well. Now, the fourth thing that I want you to notice is that prayer is an opportunity for God to minister to us. In verse 43, after Jesus brings his request to the Father, we see that an angel is sent to help him, the text says. Now, oftentimes we cannot see this in our own lives, but it's also true that God dispatches his angels to help us as well. What's true for the head is also true for the body, which is clearly seen in Revelation 1 and 20, where there are angels who are like stars who are assigned by God to his churches. So, Now, the fifth and the last thing that I want you to notice is that prayer is also an opportunity for us to vent our affections and emotions to God. In verse 44, I want you to notice that Jesus doesn't just bottle up the emotions that he is feeling. Rather, we see in our text that he pours them out to his Father in prayer. It says that he was experiencing agony, so much so that he was sweating droplets like blood. And the way that we see him dealing with that is by venting the agony in earnest prayer. Do you feel agony in your life? Jesus can relate he is showing us and he's teaching us that the way that we are to cope with it and to, to deal with it is by venting our affections and our emotions to the Father because he cares for us. And now I want to take a moment to just transition here a little bit. And I want to tell you this morning about the grounding for our prayers. Right? You see, the, the reason why we can come to God and have such intimacy with him, asking him for things, venting our emotions to him, having him minister to us with his holy angels is because Christ Jesus has reconciled us to him through his perfect life, death, burial, and resurrection for the forgiveness of our sins. Amen? You see, Christ, in his atoning work, has brought peace between us and God. And now, because he has brought peace 
between us, because he has destroyed the enmity that was between us because of our sin and our rebellion, we can now come directly to God before his throne with this gift of prayer. And Jesus models for us here in this text what it looks like, right? It requires withdrawal into silence, to be alone with, with God and to be intimate with him. It's embodied, right? It's something that we do with our bodies. It's communication where we make known our request to him. And in doing so, in inventing our emotions, God ministers to us in it. That's what we learn from Jesus' prayer here in this text. And I want you to also know that this is the reason why I just was talking about that we can now come directly to God and before his throne. And this is signified uh, in the scriptures when the veil was torn in the temple when Jesus died upon the cross. Right? This, this signified that there is now nothing separating you and I from the most holy place. We may now all enter it. For we have all been ransomed by Jesus from the kingdom of darkness and have been transferred into the kingdom of light. And we have been made priests of God by our great high priest, Jesus. So with that in mind this morning, I want to ask you, when was the last time that you entered into the Holy of Holies and hit your knees where God is? Right? When was the last time? You see, I suspect that for the majority of us, prayer is not much more than a mental exercise that we do as we lay our heads on our pillows at night after a long and crazy day. And I think that what our, our text is showing us this morning is that's not going to cut it. I know I'm not saying that there's not a place for that. I think that God loves our sleepy prayers the way that we all love our children's sleepy prayers. But, but remember, Jesus also corrects his disciples in this text because they can't stay awake and pray. Listen, if, if sleepy prayers are all that we're offering up to God, then we can see that we're not following the way of Jesus. And we're missing out on ministering that we need that will bring us joy in difficulty. Listen, as, as your pastor, one of the most common things that I hear from people is that they can't feel God. Right? I mean, how often do you hear this? How often have you experienced this? If I'm being honest with you, I've experienced this a lot in my life, right? Just have seasons where it feels like that I can't feel God or like God is distant. I want to suggest to you this morning that, that perhaps the reason why we can't feel God is because we're not living out the embodied spirituality of Jesus, right? In other words... We never feel God because we're rarely making time to withdraw, to communicate to him on our knees. And so with that in mind this morning, it's my prayer that we would be a praying people, that we would make a practice of, of getting away from the noise of the world so that we can be on our knees alone with God 
so that he might be able to minister to us. May the God of our prayers hear them, and may he strengthen us with and through his holy angels. Let's pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us of our debts, as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. And amen.